Hi, I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Today's episode is about three-year-olds and parenting three-year-olds. It doesn't just apply to three-year-olds, though. This message is really for any parent going through a stage where with your child that feels particularly challenging. First, if you haven't listened to my episode number six, Speak Life, I would love for you to listen to it. There is so much power in our words, and I believe it is so important to align our words with our prayers. There are lots of Bible verses about the importance of our words. We are going to speak out what we want more of in our kids, what we are praying for, and we are trying not to speak out all the negative things, just blabbing and complaining. We are trying to build up our children with our words, especially, especially, especially when they can hear us. Before we start this episode, I just thought I should give a disclaimer at the beginning. I am not a parenting expert. I am not the parent of your kids, and I don't have any formal training on raising kids. So these are examples of parenting that I've learned in my five and a half years of being a mom. And I just want you to consider this a conversation with a sister or a friend who's right there with you trying to figure it out. So if you need real education on this subject. I hope that you can find a professional in your area, reach out to a pastor or parenting experts in your area. So here we go. So if you're listening to this, maybe you've been in a challenging stage with your child or that at some point you may find yourself in a challenging stage. First of all, I really do want you to consider it a stage. This is a stage. This is a season. Time goes by, seasons change, and your kid won't be a toddler for long. I love to think of kids as a whole package. Sometimes our brains trick us thinking that we should just have all the easy and fun parts of parenting without the hard stuff. And if our kid does one thing that's hard or crazy, we are like mentally derailed. But next time that happens, I want you to hear me. Your kid is a whole package. You get the good and the hard. Hard is not the same as bad. Would you pick this whole package kid? Yes, you would. The hard stuff and the amazing stuff. You are graced by God for this season and this stage. And honestly, it is what you make it. It can be hard if you're thinking about all the negatives, or it can be great if you're thinking about all the positives. So that's why I'm here let's talk through it. So I think one thing that sends us into a negative mental state is picturing this three-year-old having a hard time as like the 18-year-old version of them doing the same thing. And we think, I do not want my kid to be that kid. Or we think like, what are other people going to think? I'm not strict enough on my kid. And neither one of those things have to be true. This can just truly be a three-year-old having a hard moment (laughs) learning. This is not who your kid is from now on, especially if you as the parent are consistent, kind, rooted in prayer, and constantly pointing towards the Lord, this is a stage. Your kid is supposed to learn what they can and cannot do. It is literally what kids do. Think for a minute if you are frustrated by the pushback 
Is your actual ideal expectation that from birth, your child does every single thing that you do or say the instant that you say it, never questioning any direction they are given? I don't really think that's realistic. That's not even what you want. You want them to learn to trust your voice, to respect you in a loving way. And the pushback gives us these teaching opportunities. So don't let every little pushback derail you into thinking this is just who your kid is now. Don't identify your kid with their negative behaviors. They are learning and you are teaching. And each hard moment is a chance for you to guide and instruct your child to model Christ for them and to point them to Christ. Doesn't this already make you feel better? I love to tell myself and I really do tell myself this all the time in the challenging moments how blessed I am to be this strong, consistent person with my child through this stage. How lucky and blessed we both are to be here sorting this out together. I'm so glad I get to be here with my child in this moment that I'm the one here with them. I have the capacity for this. God has graced me for this. We are going to get practical here too, don't worry, but our mindset is just so important. I love the phrase I already mentioned, hard is not the same as bad. Just because a moment or a season or a stage is hard, that doesn't mean it's bad. Hard is not the same thing as bad. So what do you do in these hard moments? You remain calm. You stay consistent. You act how you know that you should act. Your three-year-old does not get to determine how you act or how you feel or how stressed you get. You are in charge of you. Your joy comes from the Lord. Your peace comes from the Lord. Your actions are driven by your life of discipline and your love for the Lord and your modeling of Christ and your prompting from the Holy Spirit. Your three-year-old is not powerful enough and should not be powerful enough to decide those things for you. One thing my husband and I decided pretty early on when our first child was like one-year-old We are going to do what we say, say what we mean, and follow through every time. This is even in the Bible. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. So we had to start watching our mouths super carefully. We decided not to give direct commands unless we knew we were absolutely going to follow through, even if that was the harder thing to do. So if we said, come back here right now, you better believe we were going to chase that kid so fast if he ran off. We didn't just throw those words around. We didn't want to give a command and not be able to follow through and train our kid that they don't have to listen to us. I think sometimes parents are a little careful with their commands and don't follow through because we give too many commands and then the kid starts to learn I don't always have to listen they're not always going to follow through and then they have a blurred line of like when are we serious and when are we not so we decided we don't give a direct command unless we are going to follow through we just tried not to shout out potential consequences or threats or bribes all the time if we say it we're going to mean it and we choose our words carefully if we say something like let's take these family photos if we have great attitudes we can get ice cream later then we are 100% going to get ice cream later. We don't want our kid we do want our kids to know that we mean what we say and they can trust us. They will learn that this is not always the case with the rest of the world, but for their parents, they can trust our words and for God, they can trust his words. We want to show our kid time after time after time that they can learn to trust us and trust our words because we mean what we say. And of course, there are times that things change. Even when our kids were tiny, if plans changed, like we told them we were going to go to this ice cream place, but the ice cream place actually was closed then honestly, we would give them the explanation that they deserved. We don't lie. We only say it's closed if it really is closed, but we give them the true reason. Hey, I'm so sorry. We said we were going to go get ice cream, but guess what? This place is closed or we can't go now because the plans change. We have to go pick up grandma or whatever the reason is. Of course, things change and we have to give each other grace. And that in itself is a great opportunity to teach and to model for kids what we do when things don't go as planned. So of course, that's life and that's a learning lesson too. 
But to the best of our ability, if we say something, we're going to do it, positive or negative. I think that a lot of well-intending parents lose some of the respect from their kid by simply just not doing what they said they're going to do. You've heard me mention on the podcast, I like the phrase, that's not available right now. And I don't use that as a lie. I wouldn't tell my kid they can get ice cream and then later say, oh, it's unavailable, sorry. For example, if I said we're going to try to decide on a place for lunch and then they want cake pops at Starbucks, I might say that's not an available option right now. That's a different phrase for kids that want something and it's not an available option to them right now. That kind of just closes that door in an easier way. Um, But if there is a chance in the circumstances, a change in the circumstances, I will explain the truth to them. And also, as parents, we kind of learn to let some things go that aren't very important. You've heard the phrase pick your battles. So if We are like for sure following through no matter what. I'm not just going to constantly be shouting out to my kids, come back here, put that down. Um, Here's a tricky situation. So imagine you're in a car and you have a three-year-old yelling something like super loud or super annoying and like the sibling has said stop and like they're just doing it on purpose to be like so loud and so annoying. So if you yell out, stop yelling. Well, like you can't enforce that (laughs) and you really can't give an immediate consequence. They're not going to remember what they're in trouble for later. Currently, if your kid is being super loud or whatever, you're kind of stuck in the car. So instead of yelling a million times, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet, and you can't really enforce that direct command, maybe I personally would try a different approach like, hey, who can find a blue car? First one to find a blue car wins a quarter or something like that. Just it's number one, more likely to work to just distract them. And number two, not going to have you just shouting a command that you can't enforce. So you're not training them to ignore your commands and ignore your words. I know this is a weird example, but I'm using it because it's happened to us multiple times. So especially when your kids are young toddlers, giving direct kind demands when you can follow through is the key and pick your battles. This is also a safety thing because if all day long I'm like, hey, get back here. Hey, no running. Hey, stop. Put that down. But I don't really make them listen to me. Then when we're right next to a street and they're about to step in front of a car and I say, hey, stop. I need them to be like, whoa, I better listen. (laughs) My mom doesn't talk like that. Not like I've completely tuned out that command that she gives me 500 times a day. So Anyway, I hope that helps you. Of course, and when I say command, that sounds like a dog trainer. And I hope you know my heart by now. I'm like so, so, so kind to my kids. So when I say command, I just mean something direct where you're like telling them to do something. I always want to do that in a way that um, you can teach them that you mean what you say in a very kind, safe and loving way. So I've talked about this on the podcast before and it's not new information, but I feel like it is a gold star parenting tip, being kind and firm on your boundary or rule and then giving them maybe two options within that boundary. So like a boundary for us, maybe you do have to go to school whether you want to or not. This is not negotiable. You are safe there. You have friends and teachers who love you, but you can do the car line, drop off and walk in yourself, or I can walk you into class. Which one do you want to do? So like I lovingly and calmly set the boundary or expectation, but then I let them have some freedom within that. Even just picking the battles. I talked about this with regard to home organization sometimes, but for toddlers, a lot of choosing what they want to wear is like an important way for them to have independence. So setting their closet up in a way that you've given boundaries of what you allowed in their closet, what you think they can reach or what you are allowing them to wear, but then they can choose some of that. So there are some days my daughter picks her bow and I'm thinking, wow, I really wish she would pick a different bow that matches her outfit. And I may ask her about it like, hey, I think this other one would look really great. Do you like it? And then if she's like, no, I really want to wear this one. Do I really care? Like if that is, I've set it out. It's something she has access to. I've purchased it. I put it in her room with all these bows. And if she wants to pick something different than me, I'm really just okay with that because that's not something that I really care about. It's her choice within a boundary that I've given and it gives her confidence and independence within the control that I have of the things in her room. 
So there's also this point that we are here to be our kids' leaders, not to make sure that they are always happy. And sometimes my kids are not happy about what my husband or I have said, and that's okay. We are always kind to them about things. We even might say, we want good things for you. It's our job to teach you. We love you. Nothing you could ever do could change how much we love you or how much God loves you. Or guess what is my job as your mommy to keep you safe? Sometimes it may not be the most fun thing, but this is something that we have to do. Or, you know I always want what's best for you. I don't like for you to have consequences, but sometimes our actions have good consequences or bad consequences, and that's part of life. And it's my job as your mom to help you figure it out. I'm always here for you. I always love you. Nothing you do, good or bad, could change the way daddy and I and God love you. And what a blessing that is, right? All of motherhood is such a blessing. We are so lucky to be the ones with our kids and to be the ones with the influence on their lives. And we can pray and intercede to God for wisdom and favor as we raise them. I sometimes imagine myself just walking straight down a path that I want my kids to be on with me. So I'm following God and making choices that honor him constantly, joyfully. I want them to be I want them to want to be on that path with me, following my lead, following God's lead. So I'm staying on that path. I'm guiding them, leading them back to that path over and over and over again, if that happens to be the case. I like to think of all the challenging moments as a chance to point my kids back to Christ, back to the path that I want them to be on with me not in a sarcastic or temperamental or erratic way of responding to them, but in a calm and patient and loving way. I think consistency is so important, especially when our kids are tiny and not stronger than us. I'm not done raising my kids. I never want to sound like an expert, but when my son was tiny, if I said, get back here and I chase him down, if I was in a parking lot, I would hold on to his hand and didn't give him a chance to run off. There was one time that he did, and then a friend nicely reminded me that his behavior was showing me that he wasn't ready for that responsibility so I held on to him through that entire season held his hand or if I said no we can't have a snack at at checkout at the grocery store I didn't give in or turn it into an argument the no was a no he's five now and he believes me when I speak and I'm thankful for that because now in the running off example he's so tall and strong now I really do think if he ran off he probably is faster than me already so I'm glad I was consistent And when I was so much bigger than him and could physically follow through in a kind and loving way, um, because I just think that that gets harder as our kids get older. I remember um, listening to a sermon by Dave Ramsey one time and he was talking about like a rope and he was saying like at first the rope is short and you let your kids have a little bit of freedom as they earn the privilege of a longer rope. They have more ability to vary from the path that you're on because the rope's longer so they can go a little bit this way, a little bit that way. And the rope and the length of the rope is earned and it's a privilege and so it's easier when they're younger to have kind of like a short string because you're teaching them so much and you have so much time and influence on their life and they have earned over time the privilege of having more rope and more freedom and more responsibility because they have proven that they are trustworthy and then even in his sermon at the end I think his daughter was either graduating I think she was graduating and was 18 and he handed her an actual rope and he said you did it. You've earned this rope. And like, I'm praying for you. And I'm so thankful for the person that you have turned into. And like, you're kind of realizing like, you don't have them on a rope anymore. Like you, you've done what you can. So anyways, the point is to just be consistent when you're young, because that's when you have so much influence on their life. And we know this, but, um, sometimes with back to, (laughs) that was kind of a tangent, but Sometimes what we know as parents to be best for our kids isn't what they think is best in the moment, and they may not be happy about that, so, like, they want another piece of candy. Okay, well, we could want them to have another piece of candy, too, but we know if they eat candy all day long, their bodies will be sick, their attitudes will be 
high and low and crashing. They could be upset with us that we aren't giving them that other piece of candy. And we're not bad parents because our kids are upset. We can be kind and firm and consistent and know what we are doing is best for them, even if they're upset about it, because we see the big picture. That's why we are in charge of them. One trick along these lines is to avoid saying no in a way that sets the kid up to have a big negative reaction. So if my daughter says, I want another piece of candy, and she's already had the two pieces that we said she could have this week after Halloween or whatever, I could say, well, honey, you've already had two for today, but you can have this one tomorrow. Let's put it on top so you can see where it is when it's time for candy tomorrow. And then I let her set it there and then I kind of quickly change the subject. See how that isn't the same reaction from her as me just saying, no, you've already had two and just staring at her and kind of like waiting for her to freak out. I'm just saying no and then quickly redirecting her to something to make the next positive choice. Then I probably even redirect after that, moving into a new conversation as quickly as I could. I like to think of conditioning our kids to make the right choice, not setting them up in a powerful, commanding way, just striking them with like a no when we know they're going to like have a big, bad reaction because we're just exerting our power. I like to give them a good explanation of why and then quickly change the subject and be consistent and kind. I have an episode on the podcast called Alley Oop Parenting. Think of like the basketball term, like an alley oop. You're setting your teammate up to uh, make a basket in basketball it's the same thing as parenting you're kind of setting them up to make the next right choice okay so what about like a full body full-blown tantrum I think these other methods consistently a million times that we've already talked about prevent full-blown tantrums a lot of times I love to think that kids don't want to have a tantrum that doesn't feel good to them they aren't choosing this they are completely dysregulated they don't know what to do That is setting me up as the mom to have a better mindset and a better reaction than me telling myself, they're doing this on purpose to embarrass me or cause a problem. Here they go again. They love having a bad attitude. No kid loves to be crying and yelling and on the floor. They just don't. So how we act here, how I act here, I literally sit with them calmly and pray and pray for patience for myself and I pray for peace for them and that God will just come his spirit on them and let them be calm and kind and that my positive calm energy will just give them the space that they need to calm down. I don't usually say very much. I'll just like hug them when they'll let me hug them and I'll just stay calm and kind. I don't lecture them in the heat of a big moment. I don't say you're being ridiculous. I'm going to leave you right now. I don't like threaten to leave or never to hurt my kids. I never threaten to hurt them. I don't threaten to take them home if you're not acting good right now. Nothing like that. I just say, I love you. I know you're upset. Have you ever been upset about something with your husband maybe? And you're like, he's not understanding at all what I'm upset about. And if he was like saying to you, stop that right now, you just stop. And I'm not going to talk to you until you calm down. I'm going to leave if you don't stop right now. Like what in the world would that feel like? That would be horrible. So what if your husband was just calmly hugging you calmly and saying, hey, you're okay. I'm here for you. This is probably a misunderstanding. Let's calm down and see what we can do about this. Isn't that so much of a better reaction and how much we want that to be our reaction towards our kids? Um, That's what I love to say to my kids with words or body language. We are going to get through this. You are loved. We can calm our bodies down. We can breathe. And then I just wait and the storm passes eventually. My calm energy and prayers diffuse the situation for my kid. When they're ready, I gently try to redirect. I point them to the next right thing to do. I set them up to make the next right choice. And I'm just there for them in that moment. I Maybe I try to help them figure out what was going on here and then point them to, okay, this is how we can fix this. We can always fix anything. Nothing is too big for what we know to do. We can pray to God. We can always get through this. And I definitely don't lecture or shame my kids in the moment. And I know this is so tricky, but when people are watching, I do the same thing. And I know it is such a pressure on our society of like, 
you're the parent. How dare you let your kid act like this? And we like have all these external messages that we imagine people are giving us. But like, what is the most important thing is being consistent and calm for that kid. That is so much more important than what the stranger at the grocery store sees. I don't care if someone sees me sitting down on the floor with my kid while they're crying, like they're going to see that. And maybe it will have a ripple effect and that they'll have permission to be the calm, kind parent for their kid the next time. So even if people are watching or even if it's like your parents or people who parented differently than you, you can just stick to what you and God and your husband have decided this is how you're going to handle things. And that's okay if that's different than what um, other people that might be watching say or think you should do. So I hope this whole conversation never comes across like I'm the parenting expert. I am literally so humbled every single night praying to God am I being a good enough parent? Am I too hard on my kids? Am I too easy on my kids? I literally think the same. I think both of those things all the time. So I'm just trying to be encouraging to you guys as a mom who's right there with you, maybe one stage ahead of you with their kids' ages, not at all coming from a place of expertise or judgment. And each kid in this world is beautifully made in the image of God and so different from each other. So what works or feels right for my two kids might be totally different than yours because I'm not parenting your kid. Your kid's different than my kid. My two kids are even super different from each other. So the correct parenting in prayer and acted out with wisdom and kindness and lovingness and the fruit of the spirit can be different for each parent and each kid. So there's not one correct answer. And please know I'm never giving examples to show you exactly what you should do with your own kids. I'm not a parenting ex- expert, I'm not giving advice to you about what you should do. Uh, if your kid has a meltdown in front of me, I will not be judging you because I'm not their mom. I don't know the whole story. I don't know what has been tried and not tried. I don't know what triggers that kid. So shouldn't we all approach each other with so much grace next time we see a parent, um, especially if the kid is having a really hard time? You know what I do? I immediately am praying for that parent. Dear Lord, please help that parent. Please be there with them right now. Give that mom wisdom and kindness and patience. Please help that kid calm down and know your peace and your love. I'm not judging that parent and I'm not judging that kid. I don't know the whole story. And I hope we can all give each other that grace and that prayer and see how the world might change. So you pray to God, ask for wisdom and pray for your heart and your kid's hearts and you will know what to do. Okay, back to a couple more practical trips, tricks I was thinking about in preparing for this episode of parenting three-year-olds or even for older kids. I've been doing a lot lately is, hmm, try that again. When they say something with a bad attitude or they snap back something that's disrespectful or unkind, I just say, oh, you are a kind girl. Try that again. Or you know how to say that in a respectful way. Try that again. And even just a quick course correction and setting them up to that I am expecting them to say it correctly the next time, it really almost always works. And then we quickly move on. So I don't harp on the bad behavior. I don't say, you are always disrespectful. Why are you not getting this? You are speaking so unkind. We just say, hey, you're kind. Try that again in a kind way. And we're speaking out the positive and setting them up to easily and quickly make that next right choice. So if you haven't done that yet, next time your kid says something quickly that you don't approve of, say, oh, try that again. Okay, great. I love what you when you ask for what you want in a kind way. We're speaking out what we do want and who they are deep down. We are praying and we're speaking out who we are praying for them to be. So another last trick I've mentioned here before is to say, it's okay. You're still learning. And this is so much better than you always do the wrong thing. You know better. Guess what? Sometimes things take more than one time of learning to get it right. Isn't that true for us in a lot of ways as adults too? Sometimes we have to learn something multiple times and I'm sure God is thinking that and he could be, which he isn't, thinking the same thing that we think to our kids like, you're always screwing this up. No, God doesn't do that. He lovingly and kindly corrects us and gives us chances to make the right choice again and that's what we're going to do for our kids. I've mentioned this 
because my son is five now and he spits this back to me in the most perfect ways now and it just warms my heart kind of thinking like this is working we were cooking the other day and he sits on the counter because he can't quite see everything when he's standing although he is getting very close but I told him multiple times like your feet are on the counter but don't let them like touch any part where the food is or don't touch the food and he still was like accidentally resting his foot where the food was the other day and I was like hey get your foot off the food please and he was like I'm sorry I'm a kid I'm still learning and I just smiled and thought he's right. (laughs) And another time he said it recently, I was telling him about like babies, how they love riding in cars. And sometimes babies are so happy. And then when the car stops, when he was a baby, he would like cry immediately when the car would stop. And I would be like, oh, and he just said, oh, it's okay, mommy. Babies are still learning. Like with so much grace for that story of the crying baby. And I was just like, how sweet is his heart? And how helpful is that phrase of someone is still learning and kids are still learning all the time. Okay, for real, one last thing. We want our kids to trust and obey our voice quickly, but just because you have to teach the same thing multiple times doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It doesn't mean you don't know the secret trick to getting your kid to be a good kid. Things just take reinforcing. It is okay to give the same kind, loving example multiple times. God gives us so many opportunities to teach our kids, thankfully. That's what we want, and that's why raising kids truly takes time, and giving kids time with us is what they need. Time is the real gift. It's okay that it takes a lot of work, a lot of examples, and a lot of repetition, It's supposed to. This is the biggest job we'll ever have. What a blessing it is to have so many chances to teach them and to guide them. I have several parenting episodes and I would love for you to click around on the podcast episode list and find a few if this episode spoke to your heart. I have such a big place in my heart for encouraging moms and their high calling of being a mom. I want to help the moms of the world have moms who love being moms and live up to their high calling each day, who parent with God's grace and strength and the fruit of the spirit inside us. No, we can't do it all in our own power, but God's power is more than enough. He will be our strength. We lean on him and pray to him and he helps us. We point our kids to him every chance that we get, not through a lecture, but through kind and consistent words and actions. When they see the joy and the peace on the path that we are on, they will want to be on it with us. And we have open arms guiding them back to our path over and over and over again. I hope that these examples help. And remember, I'm just a mom trying to figure it out just like you. Before we close, I'd love to say a prayer and a blessing for you. Dear Lord, thank you for these listeners. Thank you that they are called and graced by you for this season of life, that you've entrusted them to raise these precious kids, that your power is made perfect in our weakness, and that we know parenting is an act of worship back to you. Thank you for giving us grace and directing us to you. Let all we do be for your glory, Lord. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Have you grabbed the Elevate Motherhood Simple Life Starter Pack yet? It's a free 17-page guide that I created to help you let your life be easier. Click the link in the show notes or head to CourtneyLundin.com. If you are feeling overwhelmed by your house and have started or want to start decluttering and organizing your house, this is my passion. I've compiled all my tips and tricks for moms to simplify and organize their lives at home so they can have time for what they really want. Time to be the moms they really want to be. I'm so confident that it will work for you. There's a 100% money back guarantee. If your life doesn't feel lighter, just let me know and I will refund your money. I really think it will help you. Click the link in the show notes or head to CourtneyLundin.com. If you love the Elevate Motherhood podcast, would you leave a five-star rating and review and share with a friend? It helps more moms find out about this podcast. Thanks for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood. Mm